0: Did you know that there are over 5 million podcasts globally with over 70 million episodes between them? With that comes 464.7 million podcast listeners, and today, you've chosen to spend your time and share it with us on this one. And for that, we couldn't be more grateful. Welcome to The Long Roll. Awesome. And everyone, welcome back to the Long Roll Podcast. We're just jumping into it immediately. Uh, I'm one of your hosts. I'm Griff. I am your resident or one of your resident Air Force photographers slash old national marketing guy for the Air Force and Space Force slash Eddie Adams Workshop social media manager. And the most important to me and my friends and family, uh Pizza connoisseur.
1: I don't know. I've known you for a little bit. I have not had any pizza that you've recommended and you haven't made any pizza. So I don't know that you even know what a pizza is. I'm not sure.
0: Uh, something with uh, ketchup, ketchup and bread.
1: Yeah, that was painful to hear. Uh, and, um, I apologize to the pizza community at large. <laughs> for that. Uh I'm Janiqua. I am an Air Force Public Affairs Specialist. Uh I've done tours, I've written speeches, I've taken some photos and written some articles um and just a could,
0: couple just a guy, you know, chief master like of the air force. Uh two or three, just a couple people know. I'm just throwing in their randoms.
1: Yeah, I've had you know some interesting interviews with people. Um, I'd love to interview celebrities, but they won't let me do that yet. So they say it's, it doesn't align with the Air Force messaging. <laughs> you know, it's tough. It's tough.
0: Uh, so, yeah, no, again, I'm excited for us to finally get back together. And so this when today's episode, we're doing two things, we are going to recap this first season, uh, quote unquote, of the Long Roll podcast and, and share some of our opinions, our thoughts And we'll share some clips as well of some guests that we've had on. But also there'll be a short hiatus because we're developing um, a better version of the Lung Roll Podcast as we go into the second season and more incredible guests that we know that you'll love and you may know. You may have heard about yourself.
1: Yeah, he's saying we. I'm not sure if I'll be invited back. So, <laughs> just in case, thank you for riding with me throughout oh, this time and keep me in your thoughts as well as prayers.
0: So. Well, you know, I, no. And uh, don't let her sell you on that. She is definitely pivotal to the success of this going forward because I'm mean, honestly going into it. Uh, for me starting this podcast, um, it's been. Fun. It's been a blast. There's been a lot of growth, and I will say a pattern of the feedback I've heard is I've really enjoyed when Janique was on. When's she coming back? Uh so there's there's a couple different things that I take away from this. One, I'm like, wow, you know, I found someone that uh, I have good chemistry with doing this thing. But two, it's like I I'm I take it as I can't do it on my own, <laughs> you know. And again, I, that's not an insult. Um, and not and but it hurts. You know, it hurts a little bit, but it's also a compliment and a testament uh, to, I think, the chemistry that we have and that we share, uh, you know, whether we're doing the monthly news or we bring on a guest and uh, you carry me to the finish line. I'm I'm grateful, like I'm grateful because it's we get sometimes to a point in our lives and if we're fortunate to where we find something we're passionate about and then sometimes we get to a point to where we become good enough and proficient enough at it to where sometimes it feels like clockwork and repetition and it, it becomes harder and harder to find challenges to really push ourselves for growth and in starting this podcast um for me it's like just being a photographer dude you know i'm definitely not the best morning person uh, when it comes to the social side of things which ironically i would say half of these like 20 plus episodes were or like at 10 a.m. or earlier. So I really I felt like I grew. I grew as a human being, uh, you know, from that aspect. And then as interviewing somebody, um, I think for me, just stemmed down to just curiosity. Uh, there was no rhyme or reason or real research or training uh, that I probably should have done. Uh, starting this that uh, I think <laughs> it was a masterclass episode to episode to one, uh, you know, ask the the guest at the end what they thought, if it was good or bad experience, but to listen back to it myself in the editing room floor. And uh, that I think is probably the biggest tool I use to refine uh, episode to episode to uh, one grow as a person, but also to not punish the, the audience, you know, when they tune in and give them a reason to want to come back and not actually scare them away.
1: I mean, truthfully, like there are people who are starting new podcasts every day, and the only thing that they talk about is questions that they've seen on Twitter. So at the end of the day, you have a leg up on those millions of people
0: well, around
1: the world. It's so
0: sweet of you.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, you, you know, and I mean that sincerely. Like, yes, I think you're doing an amazing job, you
0: know, and well, not asking
1: you. crazy things.
0: You know, I mean, who knows? Season two, you know, a lot of lot to explore there. And, uh, you know, uh, we apologize to our future guests in advance. Um, But so we can't talk about the podcast without talking about the beginning, obviously, and our first guest that we had on and uh, the first person who took a chance um and that was Jason Goley and again going back for me some of my thoughts going into this episode is uh I just had my computer and I had no microphone I had no headphones uh, I think I'm sitting in my kitchen <laughs> and it was one of those things from like a- equipment setup to everything I was a hot mess mm-hmm. um but I'll go ahead and I'll play his clip for us real quick uh and i uh, definitely get your thoughts on it and I'll share a little bit more of mine
2: So if you're just starting, um, you know, you have your own personal network. Everybody's an expert in something, you know, even if it's, you know, maybe like making sandwiches or selling shoes or or whatever else. All of those can be interesting visual stories that can show that you can make compelling, you know, visual stories about about something that you know a lot about. And it's a way to branch out. You know, you can always use it as a way of showing other people like, hey, you know, like I really nerded out about uh, park benches or something. it's just something that you know a lot about something that you can go out and shoot and reshoot and reshoot until you're really good at it and then take that and show it to people you know I think a lot of people are always always like well you know I want to get into photojournalism but like I can't afford a plane ticket to Africa and you know everything else it was like that's just not where most people start anymore Um, Mm -hmm. most people are starting in their backyards so
0: uh I definitely i would love your thoughts uh not necessarily on that clip unless you have something you want to share but too, like yeah what were your thoughts on uh like coming into the podcast and listening uh to this first episode if not jason who's an incredible talent and just beyond you know phd in science uh and i guess photographer as a side hustle as with national geographic uh <laughs> struggle the struggle <laughs> you know yeah
1: no i think each of the guests that bring like a unique and a different kind of flavor um to to the podcast because everybody's you everybody's experience is so unique and vast and wide mm-hmm. i think for me like listening to that clip what it really brought up for me is like the so as a military photojournalist or public affairs specialist you Are at a location for an extended period of time right so you're at your first duty station for like four years Mm -hmm. and you continuously you start to realize that everything comes in a cycle. Right, and so you are shooting the same things over and over again, and you are getting some of that muscle memory, but where a lot of us fail is that because we've seen it before we act like it's not important or we don't find a new way to shoot it and um, that is really like if you don't continuously challenge yourself because you're seeing the new things, by the time you get to your next duty station, it's been four years and you haven't pushed yourself to look at anything differently. So the location changing isn't necessarily going to change the way you shoot. And so I think that's what that brought up for me. And it's really interesting to think about that in terms of like civilian photography and stuff like that. Yeah. Because we think about it like, oh, like he's mentioned park benches and stuff like that. But there's so many different things that you could different ways that you could shoot it just like there's so many different things that you can shoot on aircraft right like Mm -hmm. not only jets taken off and stuff like that but they wash them right they do maintenance on them and the different ways that you can photograph or take video of that so that's what that made me think of it's pretty cool
0: yeah no i agree i couldn't uh agree more and that's something that early on in my career having really good mentors uh send me on an a true north of how i should try to dedicate my time and energy and grow as a shooter and it's one of those things to where you see people travel you might see these prestigious awards whether it's poii or the we used to have Milfog or the media contest for the dod You'll see these pictures come in from these exotic locations and you feel like if you if your ambitions at the time, especially as a younger shooter to compete in these contests, that you need to go to these places to have something comparable uh, to be in that conversation, which is anything but true Um, that if you if you're passionate about something, uh, I think that's that's the part of the foundation and starting point is finding something you're passionate and then also too, like in your own backyard. And what do you do you care about your community? What in your community can you invest yourself into? And there's going to be incredible moments, stories, visuals all around you. And as you grow as a technician, as a photographer, you're going to see light better. You're going to see moments better. You're going to see uh, just how things lay out in a pictorial aspect better to where you can package those things to where they're right in front of you. You don't have to spend thousands of dollars to be a globetrotter. And, and find these other stories um, that, again, would be incredible to tell, but you don't have to, again, like empty your wallet and exhaust yourself physically to get there. And I know for him, thinking back on the conversation where he, uh, it was because of COVID, like he, uh, all of his research as a scientist uh, fell apart. And just because the world stopped. And then he was on the local, I think he was watching the local news, something with manatees. And uh, he's picked up his camera, he's in Florida and just started Taking pictures. He didn't think anything of it. He didn't necessarily fall in love uh, with those beautiful creatures yet. But by the time he left, uh, he. He was in love he found a passion he found something he was excited about in his own backyard and then one thing led to another to where he got linked up with nat geo and then here he is here he is now is just uh someone who's really setting the bar and showcasing to the rest of the world um you know how important these creatures are to our community and ecosystem and at the same time doing it in a scientific way just not a visually beautiful way uh by itself mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I think like that speaks to, you know, there are a lot of people who you would say are successful, Mm -hmm. they have successful careers, and they do a whole bunch of different things. But when you come to the workshop, and you start meeting people, you find that there's like a different uh, version of success, where people are truly passionate about what they're talking about. And it comes across inside of when they like their speeches, and Mm -hmm. the things that they're presenting to you, and also like talking to them one on one. Um, I think the The more impactful things, the more impactful moments or stories that you see are things where people are genuinely invested and care about how this is going to turn out for the people they're photographing or videoing and stuff. And so like that's another part of it, you know, like him having a science background and caring about the manatees leads to all the different projects that he does about them. So it's super interesting and really, like, Mm -hmm. I think, heartwarming to see because, like, Mm -hmm. while we all know the climates and crisis and all these other things, we get to also watch the evolution of not only his career, but Mm -hmm. the activism and the work that he's doing on behalf of that community.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. That brings me to somebody who I want to highlight and showcase uh, is uh, Cesar Rodriguez. Um, again, he was one of the earlier episodes that I had um, and we met at the workshop uh, and I heard about him beforehand and um, and I knew about his photography Um a little bit after speaking with him and i was just blown away like and uh, one yes. of the sweetest one like super tall uh not but not in an intimidating way just a uh, sweetheart kind of guy that's always any help anything he can uh, but when you look at his photography uh i envy his eye uh but also i'd uh, like to have the opportunity um uh, to and witness what he does capture and share with the rest of the world uh i i'm definitely grateful for and appreciate
3: but i will go ahead i'll play this clip real quick <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i i remember that when i opened it i said that i was going to save some money to be into photography but it, it lasted five years. Um, and I was just really tired of being at, at my business because, I mean, if you have a business, you have to be since uh, six or five in the morning. Yeah. yeah. Or mm-hmm. 11 or 12. 18 months. hour
0: days. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Seven days a week. There's no such thing as a vacation. If you're the right.
3: one that's to keep the lights on. And it was all in one one place. Yeah. Uh, in in mm-hmm. my, my local. You know? So uh, one day a friend of mine sent me a like a contest, a, a friend of mine that I met in Spain sent me a contest, a photography contest, and he told me you should enter with some of your photos that you've taken. So I, I didn't know anything about the business or photography or in that kind of way. I entered the the, the contest. I I won a couple of awards and I was like, okay, let's maybe there's a future here and i i decided that i was going to close my my shop my chocolate shop in like february 15 because mm-hmm. february 14 is the day of the romantic people and all the love <laughs> yeah. so 14 february 14 it was a big day a lot mm. of income came a lot of money and then 15 it was closed oh and wow yeah just like that and i was Like, okay, so now what should I do? And I started just to dive into photography. So that,
0: like, to me, uh, there's so much, like, to take away from that conversation with him is one, like, he um, didn't have a history, didn't have any kind of formal training uh, about with photography. Uh, He was like, yeah, I was a chocolatier. I'm -hmm. like, you're a chocolatier? He's like, yeah, opened up a sweet shop and he ran that for years which like, let's
1: it, it's crazy to me so we were both on it last year 2023 um and it's wild to me that we haven't solicited him for chocolates right mm-hmm. like uh, i don't know yeah. whether it's happened in the past or not yeah. but i feel like that's like a major oversight uh
0: um, it w- yeah we've really dropped the ball i know uh so I'll share with you um i know before the workshop last year i actually shared that with Yvonne and she was like, we actually probably should do like a Cesar sweet shop, you yeah. know? And like, it's something again, not like taking it too seriously, but like making it like a fun little yeah. thing that people could come into. And, uh, and I'm sure again, like we could bring it up to Cesar and he would like, give us like, Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> you know? And then it's <laughs> like, where do, where do we go from there? And, uh, but yeah, I think as we speak about it now, there's enough, in front of us to where there's enough time to maybe you know put something like that together because again yeah it's it's an opportunity that we're stealing from ourselves um if we don't experience the like if if his photos are amazing but he was a chocolatier first and had his own shop like what what do we really miss i mean we're missing out on something i think pretty incredible
1: truthfully (laughs) and it felt like like eventually by the end with all the talents that people have, it's going to end up being like the Eddie Adams workshop and mm-hmm. like on the side also being like hogs made in, in Harry Potter where you have right. all the shops
0: of yeah. everybody's
1: unique things. Mm-hmm. like it does, that's what I it mean, feels like.
0: Right. I really could pull off that vibe up there for sure. <laughs> you
1: uh, just come out in a Wonka hat and you're just the guy. Like
0: I'm the guy. You know, I mean, I, I think that would be a way too. and I know not the whole the whole world doesn't know this, not apologize struggling because i got something in the back of my throat tickling me but um i was banned from the the barn last year by the the barn team um the barn black team <clears throat> i forgot what i did oh i was i know again this is a tangent but i feel like it's important to get off my chest as we recap this year, right. especially as we go into this new year. Um, right, you can't they've... be
1: in the shackles of your mistakes. No, you I'm, I'm, okay. <laughs> tell the truth. the truth. And, and and truth. Shame I, the devil, you know. I
0: was just again the, the social media team is small. You know, it's a team of one. Uh, but again, I do have an amazing support system of the other photographers uh, on Black Team that help support and make my job possible and the video, the video team as well as social media during the workshop. But I was trying to find a team I could connect with that uh, I could just jump right in, had great chemistry. And I noticed the Barn Team, uh, the Barn Team, incredible chemistry. They're running around, they're taking group photos, they're dancing, having a great time. I was like, I feel like I could be part of that and as i'm sitting down with them one of uh, i was like just trying to get to know him like hey what's your role here specifically and i eventually get to someone he's like well i'm the i'm the barn team manager and then the, everyone sort of like looks over they're like you're actually like the boss of the the barn team i was like hmm that's a little strange that's a little strange he was your boss the whole time and he didn't tell you i was like and so again and after a while they're like yeah that's a little weird and all of a sudden they're like wait no who are you you're coming in <laughs> testing up the chemistry of something beautiful and i was like oh shit and uh and then i cover blown up, yeah and next morning i wake up my picture is pasted everywhere Saying if you see this guy, he doesn't, have, he's not authorized to come to the barn, come find us first. And wow, I, yeah, and so sure it was a joke and they meant it and good fun, but they let me know too, I would never be admitted into uh the barn team family and it hurts my heart, you know. And I feel like yeah. this is redemption I have, you know, for the barn team this year, I'm gonna try my best to make up for it and I apologize and I hopefully- honestly.
1: Give it a year, give it another year, try to rush a different team, (laughs) try to rush a different team. And then, you know, in 2025, come back strong, new, new um, abilities, new, new capabilities, and then go for the, they said, it sounds like you left a deep, a deep wound. Um, Um,
0: Yeah, (laughs) no, I mean, I still get some DMs every once in a while again, I guess uh, something bad happens to someone and they message me. And I guess for Mm. some reason, I'm maybe a trigger for that. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. again, I want to say I love everybody. And uh, thank you for at least giving me the chance uh, to be a part of your family, your barn team family. And yeah, I'll find someone in the next. The band, I feel like the band's always looking for someone. Cowbell, maybe the Cowbell. and uh, yeah, yeah. Or the Triangle. The Triangle is a legit instrument. Boom. Um, Or you
1: could sing truthfully, uh, like that register, that lower Mm -hmm. register. I feel like you're just harmonizing Mm -hmm. right in there with it. I'll
0: just yeah. Let me uh sink in with my Barry Manilow, Mm. and uh we'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um. So, but going in, going forward, um, as I. Did these podcasts, I was like, I really want to challenge myself because I've had like I, I, I've I known some of these people, at least through social media or in person that I had on at this point. But so I wanted to have someone on who I have never met. Uh, and also they were accomplished in the craft and I didn't really necessarily have like a checklist of them needing certain things. I just wanted to reach out to people to really push myself to where could I talk to someone and have a conversation about this craft, about this workshop and their history and their legacy and uh, not really have that interpersonal bond with them to sort of carry the chemistry. And so that's when I reached out to Ruth Fremson, um, who is a legend uh, in the field of photojournalism, uh, multiple Pulitzers. Uh, she was at the Berlin wall coming down. Uh, she was at for Haiti and that major event, uh, nine 11. It seems like she was always, um, in these incredible events that were happening a world and, and what the world would globally recognize. Um, and, uh, it was intimidating. It was intimidating for me because one, I didn't know them Two, Like, uh, I did a lot, I did a lot of research leading into, leading into how, like I could try to navigate the conversation, but two, not being like someone who's done this in a professional sense, and then not knowing them to sort of like reflect on personal experience that we could jab about and laugh about. Uh, I was scared. I'll be honest. I was scared shitless. And, uh, but I don't know, like your thoughts um on it but i'll go ahead i'll play a clip real quick and i definitely like to get your th- this sponsored break is brought to you by the alexia grants the alexia is an organization that supports visual storytellers through grants scholarships and special projects to address global issues they've awarded over 1.7 million dollars to 170 photographers and filmmakers fostering cultural understanding and inspiring change. The deadline for submissions to the Alexia grants has been extended to February 19th at midnight. The main student grant recipient will also gain admission to the 2024 Eddie Adams workshop with finalists receiving priority consideration. So again, the deadline extended to February 19th for the Alexia grants, make sure you get that in.
4: And she's sitting in front of a backdrop and the backdrop, it's like one of those canvas backdrops, you know, that portrait photographers put oh, up. Yeah.
0: So I'll stop this real quick. So for this, too, giving context, so as the listeners come in, they're like, what is, what is Ruth talking about? <clears throat> so something as well, because I was listening to these before, and I should have looked at my notes. Um, but <laughs> uh, something that we do on the podcast, which I know you and I both love, and uh, we, the last question that we ask all guests on the the podcast or what are your favorite photo? Do you have a favorite photo? Do you have favorite photos? And Share with us what those are. There's no wrong answer. It could be yours. It could be someone else's. Uh, And this is where Ruth uh, is talking about uh, one of her favorite photos to where it's about this photographer who set up this backdrop Uh, The backdrop is of a beautiful scene, but actually surrounding this scene where the photographer is actually taking the photo is this devastation from war and all this rubble that surrounds it. And so she she shares a little bit of that story. So I'll I'll go ahead and I'll stop interrupting her. But again, I want to give some context for you all listening in so you don't think, you know, Griff was throwing and throwing in some random audio for you all to listen to. Yeah, yeah.
4: And there's a scene on it of this beautiful European village, right? And the way Michael took the picture is he backed up so that you can see her sitting in front of the backdrop, and you can see the photographer with his big camera uh, on a tripod, and he's taking her picture. But then what you can see around all of that is the bombed out city of Warsaw. Oh, wow. Destroyed. And so. It's just wreckage, right? So it's wreckage. Mm-hmm. And then you have this little idyllic backdrop with this woman with this smile and she's clutching her purse and she's sitting on a little stool and she's looking at the camera. And this is a picture that to me just speaks of, you know, human resilience and hope. And that's what I love about it is that, you know, from, you know, from the ashes, we rise, right? hmm And so that is one of my favorite photographs. It's a black and white one as well.
0: Um, But Ruth was a a beautiful patient with me, incredibly well-spoken and telling some incredible stories. And so for anyone who hasn't listened to her episode yet, um, don't cheat yourself. Uh, and, And I'll pass it off to you in a second. But I want to share this story that she leads into the podcast with. When I ask her, like, what are your first memories with photography? And her story, to me, uh, sticks out to where it could be in a movie, in a TV show, and I would watch it over and over again to where she talks about her mother went on a date with a professional photographer, and he took her to the track races uh, with horses and um, because he was on, he had an assignment to do. And he let her take a couple photos. And uh, when it came time for the paper to choose a photo to print, they chose one of hers and not his. And then, uh, you know, as time went on, uh, they never went out on a second date again. So it goes to show you, you don't know if his ego was hurt, if his pride was hurt. We don't know. I love the beauty of me assuming and telling the story, for myself but I, I really loved um again like one that first question we always ask everyone because it's always something different we don't expect but two what she shared uh her favorite photo and her reasoning for that what are your thoughts
1: i think uh you know photography is so subjective right and it's all based a lot of it isn't the opinions that we form are based on the experiences and stuff that we've had, right? Mm-hmm. and so I think like looking I just looked up the picture real quick and looking at it to me it it I understand what the what the symbolism is for the time um but right now, like in in the time in which we live, so much of um it's kind of like peeking behind the curtain, right what we present on social media what we present the highlight reel that we have and Mm -hmm. then behind the curtain our life is in shambles you know what i mean yeah, and yeah. i think it my thought on that and seeing that is informed by the experiences that i have on social media and seeing that mm-hmm. right you reach out to a friend and they just posted vacation pics and then you find out they're going getting a divorce and you know what i mean <laughs> all these other things so it's like you know like yeah. it's just so interesting how you know uh, how subjective it is but also like how much the time in which we live in informs that. So I think that's really, really interesting. She looks at that and sees hope. I look at that and I think about capitalism. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, Mm -hmm. it's so interesting that way.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what I was sharing with her uh, when I was, if I remember correctly, and again, Cesar, don't kill, uh, don't kill me. If I get this wrong, <laughs> but he was he was sharing. He had a favorite photo of juxtaposition as well, where it's this beautiful landscape of his, essentially his backyard uh, where he lives in the region where he's at. Uh, but then, because of the cartels, there's uh, s- some dead bodies, mm-hmm. and so again, you have this beautiful landscape, but then you have this um, chaotic, uh, violent things that are happening all around there to where there's that juxtaposition and uh and so that's what it, to me that was interesting like as these people that I can guarantee you haven't had these conversations about their favorite photos with one another but as I'm talking to them at least earlier on when we were doing these podcasts um finding the connections uh to uh, how these talented amazing eyes and our craft uh, and to f- seeing the patterns of the kinds of photos that mean something to them or the techniques or the things that sort of stand out to have them connect uh, with an image
1: yeah and it's also like what what speaks to you, what moves you, you know, Mm. most of the time, it's not the most technically, uh, executed photos that really stick with us. It's the Mm. things that say something and it's the things that, uh, the message just, we get it immediately and it resonates with us. Or sometimes Mm. it's something we have to ponder on, you know, like for me, the, I think the one I talked about, um, which is absolutely my favorite photo is the Gordon parks, one of the kids looking at the other kids playing from Mm -hmm. behind the fence. And it's like, you it, there doesn't have to be anything extra. We know the time period it's in because of what they're wearing. And we know why they're on one side of the fence. We know why they can't cross to the other side. Yeah. Um, and it's so somber, but you don't see anybody's faces. So it's like those things that just, we get it. You know what I mean? It's so, um, I think photography, like m- most of the people probably listening to this, is just such a, uh, visual language in such a poignant way to communicate and get something across. Um, and I think the more you dive into it and the more you learn about it and the more other people's work you consume, um, the more. Like, I guess, specific um, right. things that resonate to mm-hmm. resonate with you become, you know.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I couldn't agree more and again i want to uh shout out how incredible again ruth and everyone is i know i'm talking about the workshop a lot and i I mean we're a lot of connected to the because of the workshop in a lot of ways but ruth again this multi-time pulitzer prize winner which again we understand like a lot of these individuals don't care about these accolades in the sense that they're championing them they they're not going to let you know and uh, that's the to me the magical thing about the workshop is ruth works in the kitchen and she works in serving these students and other black team members that come in. You have this highly accomplished, successful photographer who's incredibly sweet, warm, inviting. We'll talk to anybody there, uh, you know, that is just serving food. And you'd never know. You'd never know, which is one of those things that reminds me. Uh, and a lot of other people at the workshop, like take time to get to know someone, you know, again, I'm not saying it, it when you're in the airport, harass the person next to you, if they look like they don't <laughs> want to be bothered, but again, like, don't be scared to start, start up a conversation or if someone says hello to you to take time to get to know them. Cause you don't know what kind of interesting incredible person, um, that they sitting there that you might miss out on the opportunity and you, you would regret it, but you'll never know. I don't know if that's the way to say it, but I'm going to stick with it.
1: You treat everybody like they're somebody because they are somebody, right? Everybody has a story, everybody has a reason for being there and stuff. And I think where I see people who go to the workshop get caught up in is that they assume that the people who are on stage are the biggest and most important people in the yeah. room and that is a hundred percent (laughs) untrue because everyone is everyone everyone is somebody because they are somebody right everybody in there has a story and we're all connected through our love of photography Mm -hmm. so regardless of what activity or accolade or anything like that that they've won um they still have something to teach you they have something to show you um and that could be whether or not it has to do with photography or is a stellar meatloaf recipe because the meatloaf there was amazing and i need to know know? how Right. How did that happen? And MSG having it next (laughs)
2: next year. It
1: was, it was crack. It was crazy. And John Mm. Cherry was serving it. So I got a pretty good piece, but um, next year meet, bring the meatloaf back. Hashtag meatloaf
0: 2024. Right. No, Um, I definitely 100%. Uh, And I reach out to people I know that are going to be on the kitchen team well ahead of the workshop to (laughs) establish and grease those wheels on the reports when we get like, hey, how's it going? So, again, everyone isn't cheated out of any kind of size portion they want, but they know when I walk up, they're feeling good about me and they give me, again, maybe a little bit more of the rice pudding. Again, I'm not a rice pudding (laughs) person at all. Like I've never once like out throughout outside of the workshop, you're never going to see me like, hey, Griff, you know, how's that rice pudding doing? Uh, mm-hmm. It's not it's not doing anything. And but there for some reason, phenomenal, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. phenomenal. So, I it's a testament to uh, not only their skills as photographers, but what they can do in the kitchen. I'm taking notes and I'm sorry, mom. You know, (laughs) you're being rotated out on a couple things. You got to be
1: careful with mentioning this team because the barn team is going to, they're going to start spreading rumors. There's going to be a vendetta. My family (laughs) and the
0: kitchen team, uh, you know, I love you loyal to the the kitchen team. Um, Don't worry about the barn family. Old news. (laughs) (laughs) But speaking about uh, everyone is someone, uh, something that this podcast did for me again as well, selfish me, is uh I saw an opportunity. Uh, I was like, how would it be to actually talk to students before they arrive to the workshop and to get to know them beforehand and then talk to them after the workshop and sort of the plan that we have here is at least once a year, uh, keep in touch. Because we know as time goes on, some people will stay in the craft, some will move on, and life will provide them other opportunities. But it, to me, it's like an incredible long-form social experiment um, that I'm excited that we initiated. I'll go ahead. I'll share a little clip um, here, I think, of Dan, and uh, definitely get your thoughts on what you think.
5: He wasn't my team leader, but um, he was always someone that intimidated me as a photographer because his accent you look it. at his work and it's like <laughs> just like out of this world just like unreal but mm-hmm. the very first conversation I had with him with him was um I noticed he had hearing aids
0: mm-hmm. and
5: um I don't see a lot of like part of hearing photographers like myself in the field and I was like oh Bella what are you, you you like I see you have hearing aids what's that he's like oh well you know, like a year ago, I got hearing aids, because uh, I was in stadiums all the time, and it's just way too loud, and damaged my hearing, and, but like, it mm-hmm. I, it was just like such a weird thing to start a conversation with him, <laughs> yeah, but like, I, he, it was just like two people talking Um, from there, it was just I don't know. It was like the, the craziest experience. But What are your thoughts? It's always
1: cool to see like what, uh, how your opinion changes, right? Like we all have an expectation of what we're going to find or what we're looking for when we get there. Um, and then when you get, or when we get, accepted and then when you get there you you're having a completely different experience than you thought um i you know i've been to other workshops before um and i've also been to like just different like networking events and stuff like that and sometimes it's super um impersonal Mm -hmm. and you don't really build a whole lot of connections or you're not really seeing people who look like you or you know who experience life similarly to how you do um and for me it was that was the most uh uh, impactful part of it for me was like one meeting all of these different people and feeling welcomed, but yeah. two um, resonating with people's presentations because they look like me and because their experiences are similar to me and mm-hmm. because the work that they're doing makes a difference for com- my community. And, you know, yeah. I think, yeah. um, you know, two, three, um, presentations that really resonated with me the year that I went was uh, May Wong, uh, Matthew Jordan Smith, and India Beal. And, you know, being a military photographer, we don't really get a whole lot of education about what's going on around, you know, us in private industry or in the journalism field and stuff like that. And just to know that, you um, you know, all of this stuff is happening and I can tap into it and looking at their work and getting inspired and applying that to some of the stuff that I'm doing for the Air Force. It's it's been astronomical. Like, it's helped me Mm -hmm. grow so much. It's helped me incorporate so much more of my voice into the things that I'm making. Um, And so that's super duper cool. And I'm glad that he got to connect with Al um, because they're both hard of hearing. You know, we don't don't think about it. You Mm -hmm. know, Uh, TikTok is one of those things for me where like I make it a point to follow people who don't experience the world the same way that I do and you don't think about it you know yeah. you don't think mm-hmm. about um you know how how simple things like you know accessibility or where the stairs are whether or not there's a ramp or even like um whether or not um is the music going to be too loud is yeah. you know stuff like that um or are there subtitles on this um so that when we're watching the commercials somebody else can read it like we don't think about that unless we expose ourselves to more um I guess diversified media and stuff like that mm-hmm. so it's interesting when people hear you know the word diversity they automatically think color but there's so many more experiences that encompass that um sure. and so I think that's super beautiful to hear
0: no 100 percent. and I, I definitely it's something I've uh Been more educated on as I've been uh, like speaking with you and then as we go through this process of trying to really hit the mark uh, for what we can do on this medium uh, and the guests that we have on and it's sort of him sharing that story with me as I think back. Uh, It makes it to where my feelings are potentially less hurt because every time I'd I see <laughs> Al, I'm like hey Al hey and again he was my team leader back in like 2010 2011 and uh, he just never acknowledged me and so I'm taking it now that he didn't have his hearing aid in.
1: Wow, <laughs> that, again,
0: wow. No, I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. Uh, I, you
1: never know. Again, you know. You know what
0: I mean? Uh, you never but, know. You know, Al, if you hear this, I know we want you on uh, the podcast very soon. I love Good you. Good luck with
1: and, that now, Griff. Uh, no,
0: Al, Al, you know I'm you know uh you're the best i don't care uh what janiqua says about you um wow i'm kidding i'm kidding kidding. Um, um but so with that and again i liked what you sort of shared um with uh connecting uh and when it comes to social media i know uh like you're sharing on tiktok and and experiencing things and people that don't necessarily walk the same path that we do. Um, there's a challenge. There's a challenge with connecting with people. And I know something that with Victoria will another Titan uh, that, uh, that helps out at the workshop that mentors that gives back um, uh, it, for me as incredible as accomplished as she is. And as incredible as she is um, she, it didn't scare me. And I I didn't know that, again, if it came to our relationship prior to um, the podcast or if I was just becoming more confident in my craft and the ability in the podcast. And I know as we spoke, uh, you know, at the Air Force work about things, um, I'm just going to play it on. willing for ignorance uh and but and then her just being so sweet as well but i'll share a clip of our conversation and definitely get your thought to
1: me that does mean you have to step out of your comfort zone or now mm. it's my it's now my comfort zone just to sort of talk to everybody um but you were doing some you know i could tell that something had changed on the eddie Adams. Uh, Instagram feed <laughs> just social media in general and I was like, who are you? This is right. awesome. You <laughs> yeah. like, I'm, Chris, I'm you know, people call me Griff. And I was so then I just felt like we were friends Yeah. Just from that point on. It's sort of um the, the
4: wild side of Instagram and social media because it could be so impersonal, but yet you can really create relationships, which is
0: yeah, counterintuitive. No,
1: we're just right here, you know. Exactly you
0: have to so first off i want to thank her for being kind enough to call me a friend uh before we met i mean i feel like she was definitely sugarcoating that to make me feel good about myself and two i want to say hashtag bring back the beard uh you know because i felt like i looked incredibly handsome with that but um <laughs> so but yeah <laughs> what are your thoughts uh on all of that
1: like you know the same thing that we were saying about ruth like these people are titans of the industry right their name mm. is known by you know many celebrities have gotten their photos taken by them they look forward to seeing them and stuff and then you see meet them in person and like, they're regular people, but also the mm-hmm. nicest people. <laughs> like, right. it will yeah, help you yeah. with anything, you know? Um, and I think, like, her work is amazing, and she's always finding new ways to challenge herself. I think another thing I remember...
0: This is, uh, I want to make the use Cesar, as, as an example as well, because I definitely use them come application time. Uh, Victoria applied to the workshop, never got in. Never got in. So what does that tell us? One, if you want to be a part of the workshop, it doesn't mean you have to attend the workshop as a student uh, to get involved in the community. And two... The workshop doesn't dictate your success as a professional in this in this in the path that you want to pursue um and so again is it fantastic isn't it a fantastic opportunity sure but it will not dictate the success in your career uh and like again it's a, almost a rite of passage and i joke about it um dark humor to get rejected by the workshop. Not everyone does. Very few of us. I think maybe even you have got in your first time, John Cherry. uh, John Cherry has, but you know who hasn't got in the first time, the second time, the third time, the fourth time, but the the fifth time. um, I mean, there's children, you know, that were birthed and starting kindergarten before Cesar Rodriguez got into the Eddie Adams workshop. Uh, Again, it says he has a level of commitment that one far, surpasses what I could do but that maybe that's how he also is able to capture so many incredible photos because he's patient and he's resilient and, and he has a plan and he sticks to it and he's not going to give up um and so um again when it comes to the workshop there's a lot of ways to get involved there's not just one path and again you can be successful in many different ways and there's a lot of other great workshops out there <laughs> And yeah. so uh, we've been here a while. I know we have a couple more clips, but I think uh, we'll play one more uh, and we'll share a couple more thoughts and then we'll let everyone get on with their lives. And mm-hmm. uh, and then we'll start working on this second season.
1: Heck, yeah. Roll so- the clip.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so this next one. uh Again, I love, I know we love all these episodes. Uh, They're like our children um, and you can't, you know, there's no favorites. They're all our favorites, but they all stick out to us for different reasons. (laughs) Um, And (laughs) you're not helping me out here. Do you know why
1: this is sticking out to me right now? I don't know if the viewers at home can see this, but on this clip that you pulled up, Mm -hmm. my name is spelled wrong. (laughs) But like in the most (laughs) egregious way, it's Uh, (laughs) J-E-A-N-I-Q-U-A.
0: That's (laughs) crazy.
1: It just distracted me, and I couldn't keep it together.
0: (laughs) It's AI. Okay, first and foremost, I want everyone to know, (laughs) including Janiqua. I didn't auto-caption this. There's uh, software. Um, But, yes, if you have a name like Janiqua, the odds of it getting right. uh, Again, I don't even know who's called Janiqua, like a pair of jeans. You know Uh-oh. that's
1: the first time I've ever yeah. seen it that uh, my name has been pronounced wrong and spelled yeah. wrong many times yeah. in my life and that's the yeah. first time I've ever seen that that's why it tickled me so, so like
0: enough. it's like an old white guy AI Genequa <laughs> so uh but um anyways I yes I uh, other than that now I love this episode for so many reasons um i i think one like how we talked about through this episode itself the growth the growth of us doing this podcast i felt uh there was like a culmination point with this conversation um with jeff that just felt effortless um it felt like we were speaking with someone that we didn't know the most about but we were able to have a conversation and not only were we getting to know them it was entertaining Uh, And that's something like if we're going to do these, like the listener who we have to build this rapport with, build a connection with and then bring in this guest that they may have never heard of, make it to where they want to stay and listen to the whole thing. Uh, And I felt like when by the time we were done with this, I was like, I like for the first time, I was like this from start to finish. I think a complete stranger would really love and enjoy what we did here and what Jeff shared with us. Um, But I'll go ahead. I'll share a couple uh seconds of this and definitely want to get your thoughts I'm sure Janiqua feels the same way to unpack uh first is you know it, it's how do you um th- to think about this second um yeah obviously I just talked about how we've done so well and then I can't even
1: <laughs> you're doing great we believe yeah. in you and we know you get there you know <laughs>
0: We're rooting for you. We're all rooting for you. I'm going to call my mom after this, and she's going to say how proud she is of me, and then I'll be okay. able to... Uh, Amazing. Able to, uh, <laughs> okay. so, but anyway, so give it context. Maybe I should have did this for all the clips. Uh, we're going to talk about some uh, how he used tools early on in his career, um, in, like, including the fisheye, which I know we all love the fisheye. Um, but if you give it a second, uh, let me stumble through it, and we'll just let you know, Jeff uh you know actually do the payoff how do you feel about the fisheye now uh because we all know as professionals fisheyes are like when we first get into it we're all uh, like mesmerized we're like this is great especially from the skateboard culture and that's where I see the connection directly too because we know in all the skate videos whether it's rollerblade or skateboard at the time 90 percent of the shots were done with fisheye so I feel like maybe like subliminally, it might have been implanted We're like, I need that lens because I'm familiar with that, whether I necessarily shot with it or not. Like that is what, I no, I, that's how I know I can tell a story and that's how I'm comfortable. And then like we push ourselves to do more and to see the world differently with the tools that we have in front of us as we can identify with those. But going back uh, to the beginning, where did you grow up? Uh, like where like what state uh, what was it like growing up and then what led to the point to where you felt like the military uh, was going to be your path outside of high school
6: so real quick before that the fisheye though I thought about this a lot lately because when I look back at those photos from my 2006 and especially my 2008 deployments to, to Baghdad You know, a lot of the photos, maybe 70% of them are fisheye. And I'm like, man, you know, especially now with what I've learned many, many years later about photography, the opportunities I had to take beautiful pictures, you know, I could have really done, I could have done more, you know, if I had understood how to use the tool better. But I, I, and for a while I, I struggled with that and I was upset about that. But what I've realized is we didn't have GoPros back then. And so actually my second deployment, I bought... A Nikon had just come out with the D90, and it was like their first entry level DSLR mm-hmm. that had video. It so would get I hot after do... like
0: 60 seconds. You press <laughs> yes. record that, yeah, it did last long. Our hands would be on fire.
6: Uh. <laughs> what I would do is I would, I would set it on our medic bag mm-hmm. as we were loading and unloading patients and working on patients. Because, you know, the thing was, it's like when those embeds would come in, their job was just to take pictures of us and sometimes they you know depending on the patient load they would help uh depending on the journalist too not everybody was as comfortable with that but um when i was taking pictures like i didn't have time to to be taking pictures my job was as a, the second set of hands to the medic like that was my job so i didn't even get to take pictures of like the craziest missions that we went on but when i had that fish eye and that like uh video uh, uh, opportunity I do still have video footage of us from some of these missions because I was able to like, okay, the patient's coming in. Let me set this here. Press record, and then I could record us doing what what we did, you know. And if the camera fell off, whatever, who cares? You know, this guy's life's more important than 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 this camera. Uh, but I'm thankful for the fisheye because I think it was able to give me that what mm-hmm. GoPro has done now. Because it's weird watching with the war in Ukraine. You mm-hmm. get this like FPV of of the war now, and I remember yeah. thinking, man, yeah. I'm glad that this sort of stuff didn't exist when I was, you know, off fighting these like FPV drones and the, uh, you know, everybody's got their GoPro on them. But I get, you know, that aside, I get to have those memories from that time uh, because of the fisheye and because of the video capability, particularly. So, yeah. I'm not so I'm not so bummed about the fisheye. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But I think yeah. that that that's my thought process on that. But uh, growing up, um, so my my family has been in the military. I think like a lot a lot of uh, people who have served, they have uh, people in their family in the military. Some um, my uh, my grandpa fought in Korea and Vietnam.
0: No, first off, I appreciated. Uh incredibly when he acknowledged when you acknowledge the fact he's like gopros didn't exist and you're like oh yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know? yeah and i'm like yeah no, that's that's a great you know nonverbal to keep him going and you know as a professional and again you know better than me you've sat down with you know some of the leaders of the world and uh and so i'm, I'm taking notes these are observations <laughs> when i go back and edit i'm like all right i'm gonna put that in my toolbox that's a great time to to chime in to keep the flow and the energy going but uh what were your thoughts uh for, i mean with jeff and that whole podcast
1: yeah i think uh you know there were a lot of great moments inside of that podcast the gopro thing is like wild right because um uh, when i started uh, my public affairs career and stuff they had gopros but what was super duper interesting about it was that our pa shop didn't have many they only had one or two mm-hmm. and for as I came in as traditional photo and so they, for whatever reason, felt like I couldn't operate a GoPro. So sometimes (laughs) they wouldn't give it to me, but then I would go out and do stuff with like all the different people and they would have GoPros on them. And so some of my earlier projects with video and stuff like that was made possible by the personal GoPros of the people I was following. Right. (laughs) So like the GoPro makes a huge difference, especially, I think he was with a helicopter unit Mm that it's super tight. It's super tight in there. Um, And then on top of that, like with medical equipment and little to no space and stuff like the fisheye is almost necessary in order for you to see the entire like work area or workspace. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then I think that also comes with like just experience and learning how to use more over use your camera better over time. There are so many photos where I'm like, ah, why did I do it that way? Or why did I use this? Um, And if I could go back, I would do it completely differently. Mm-hmm. but i think the thing to remember is like is that better or worse It's yeah, subjective yeah. right it's mm-hmm. different you're seeing yeah. it for the first time you're experiencing something for the first time and you're mm-hmm. learning and all of those experiences make you into the photographer that you currently are right which yeah. is not what you'll end being unless like you you know
0: yeah no the like just it's a testament itself to what we talked about earlier is like you Don't like you don't know what you don't know about someone when Jeff is telling the stories like his father's unit was involved in like how Top Gun you know was able to happen, his mother was one of the first uh women to go through uh Annapolis, um, the Naval Academy, and the craziness that that all of that. And again, it's it's wild again, just chatting with someone where we just we know uh when we had him on, it was going to be. An interesting conversation, but we didn't know what it was going to develop into. And these things are constant reminders to me uh, that there's a lot of incredible people that don't have these accomplishments of like a Pulitzer or a POII or any kind of award that, and that doesn't uh, make anyone more important than the next person. And, and we hope that as we have people on and we share stories that it, it shares with someone out there's a young photographer or just a casual listener. Um, it gets them to maybe open their eyes and look at the world a little bit differently um, uh, into, again, getting to know the people around them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, You know, you keep bringing up that I talked to some Air Force leaders and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And the thing that you kind of see with them, especially the ones like who are the first woman or the first person of color to be inside of their position in order to get there they had to be the first at a school they had to be the first in a career field um and some of the stories you know offline that they have about what was said to them or what people tried to do to them are crazy and so you're talking about like another when you're when you mentioned his mom going through annapolis and stuff that's a whole nother level of perseverance because not only do you have this dream but you have people who are purposefully getting in your way in order to keep it try to keep it from happening Um, And so, like, those are the interesting things, like when you're talking to military photographers and stuff like that, it's just like the additional level of Mm -hmm. shit you kind of have to go through in order to get, you know, to where you're trying to go. And for him, you know, I just every time we talk about it, I always think it's amazing because we forget that he wasn't actually a photographer during that time. Like he's a medic, (laughs) which is wild. You know, Mm -hmm. I can't imagine having um, the wherewithal in order to do both. Because, you know, yeah. I don't, like, triage, and we do self-aid buddy care, but it's yeah, nothing yeah. like, no. you know, it's like, nothing hey, like what he's doing in a shaking helicopter. Yeah,
0: put, yeah, stick this IV in someone as this thing's, like, you know, jittering around ever And, oh, there's, you know, James knocked away. Like, who? Like, right. he, <laughs> make sure he doesn't get in the way. You know what yeah. I mean? And then afterwards, yeah. yeah, he goes to school, they're like, and they're like, we're going to watch this video on this really famous guy. He's like, oh, yeah, I know him. You know, just like casual you know and it's humbling it's humbling it's someone again we would consider you know, certain people titans and to the rest of the world and other cultures you know they're just a dude they're just a girl they're just a, you know a woman or a, a boy or whatever um and so weird I went you know it, went, it felt very trying, Britney Spears it felt good it felt good at the beginning and then uh my brain cut up with my mouth Again, I know we've been here for a minute. We don't want to make this too long for everyone as we cap off uh, essentially season one. Uh, but before we go and before we give our any kind of final thought, I definitely want to share a special thank yous and appreciations to uh, everyone that we've had on. I will say this first season, this first central year, in a way, a blast. Um, Challenging. I'm looking forward to the new challenges uh, going ahead, the new guests that we'll have on and the new things we'll learn. Uh, I'm forever grateful um, to everyone that is sharing their time, uh, subscribing, listening, giving us a chance uh, to make it into their routines and schedules. Uh, it means the world. It means the world to us, and so – Thank you all. We're gonna try. We're gonna try to make it better. But um I'm like I always do, I'm gonna stop rambling and I'm gonna give the last words to uh my cohort, uh Janiquan.
1: Yeah, so um as a comrade, uh it's just <laughs> wow. it's been awesome. <laughs> it's been awesome to Who watch. Not speed dial? <laughs> you know, got it well what? <laughs> that was I a wild. Comrade.
0: <laughs> comrade. Comrade yeah. um
1: but uh, so like,
0: Tucker Carlson out there trying to oh bring people. Oh my gosh! yeah anyways so we talk, we talk about the podcast, Janique. Is what? his
1: hair real? You anyway know, so yeah, <laughs> like i don't you're know. Gonna say
0: that about me that like a week <laughs> after i get out of and i retire i might have a toupee uh you're like like a, someone uh... like someone that we know that has a toupee which is like it's not real man like make it look real at least uh but you know again uh any any parting words uh on this season in the podcast before we uh bid adieu to okay. our community
1: so i want to say r.i.p to season one Um, We have grown a lot you know on the sporadic times that i have been invited back i've had a great time and you know they're sporadic definitely on my behalf um but also like it's been a joy to listen to the episodes and to watch you grow and and try to hone your voice as a podcaster it's hard out here in these podcast streets Mm -hmm. we alluded to some of those pitfalls earlier um and then also like you know as we're moving forward and looking ahead to to season two hopefully there are like some some uh Hopefully like we can keep the flavor of season one. Yeah. And yeah. keep keep the banter, keep the excitement and the personality while also like leveling up in the in the user experience. Now I'm just gonna start like using corporate. And then um
0: Thank you to everyone. Um and I guess, yeah, when there's time, uh I guess if anything, if you do want to message her, actually do this. If you want to message her, let her know what your favorite photo is.
1: Yeah, that would be nice. And awesome. every three weeks, when I check my Instagram, mm-hmm. I will write something thoughtful back and mm-hmm. maybe, maybe put a heart on it. So, oh, wow,
0: I love <laughs> it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, all right. Well, Janiqua, I guess I'll see you next season. And, uh, you know, I hope you enjoy your weekend. I hope you come back.
1: Yes, I hope I'm invited back. <laughs> I'll, I'll <laughs> maybe I'll next thought. time I'll wear my wig. So, we'll <laughs> see.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah, 100%. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Take care. You too. Before we let you go, we want to give a huge shout out and show appreciation for all of our guests that we had on this season of the Long Roll Podcast. Jason Goley, National Geographic explorer and scientist. Cesar Rodriguez, Eddie Adams Workshop Black Team and Times Top 10 Photos. Kenny Holston, New York Times photographer on staff and prior military photographer in the United States Air Force. Multi winning Pulitzer Prize winner Ruth Fremsen concert photographer extraordinaire Claire Powell, one of my biggest inspirations, Lisa Krantz, world-renowned athlete, New York Times photographer, Lana Apisuk, Victoria Will, fashion and commercial photographer extraordinaire, Idris Solomon, host of the Black Shutter podcast, this last year's class from the Eddie M's workshop, thank you Gustavo, Dan, Abigail, and Chad, Scotty Mack or Scott McIntyre, Miami-based photographer. Kevin Worm, self-taught photographer, an alumni of the workshop, also Eddie Adams' black team. Josh Ritchie, EAW faculty, producer, helps make everything happen when he's here for the students. Madison Reed, photo editor for Vanity Fair, also Magic Mike Kai Chen. National Geographic Explorer, Eddie Adams Black Team, you're incredible. Jeffrey Dean, we had him on this podcast. He was an Army Crew Chief. John Cherry, Eddie Adams Black Team, Pulitzer Prize winner. And last but not least, Michael Snyder, climate scientist and Syracuse University professor. Thank you all for making time to sit down with us this year and create incredible content for our audience and new explorers that find their way here. And a final shout-out to my co-host, Janico Robinson. Again, I'm grateful for you bringing us to the finish line to create another incredible podcast. And also, our audience subscribers. Again, none of this is possible without you. So if you really enjoyed this week's episode, this season's episode, make sure you share it with your friends, family, or
2: anybody. We're always grateful, and we hope to see you back here next season.